Hi, og velkommen til Vindberger en full Harry Potter podcast. Jeg heter Hanna. Og jet uh, Charlie, og vi er du og Jyr, som lesser var... Come on. Favorite... Favorite bomb bombs book... I Dagen's episode lesser v capital three. <laughs> what? Oh, chapter three of how blood sprinson og drinker cask. Sata et glass og light tittle denny file mini densen resin. I like that you actually try, and I'm just like, no, and yeah. When a Norwegian first semester, they'll be like, Charlie did it better. Yeah. <laughs> that was Norwegian, if you couldn't tell. Hello. Hello. We. You know what we were going to say at the same time? You were going to say that. Was that English? You were like, I think we were going to say it at the same time. We hit million. We were just like, we hit one million lessons. we did and i that big number That's big very large number i i can't do words Okay, so the words I had, which I was trying to type out in the <laughs> caption we did, but I couldn't eloquently put eloquently put it. Because it's not eloquent, it's stupid. We used to both watch YouTube back in the day, right? Yeah. And like subscribers and listens are different. But do you remember when Marcus Butler, who was the first the bit Brit crew, hit a million subscribers? Oh, see, that's so random. I know, and did a rap called One Million Subscribers, and it went one million subscribers. So put up your fucking lighters. Um, I don't remember this, but why are we not covering this? <laughs> Literally, and all I could think of as we hit a million was me as a 13-year-old watching Marcus Butler create a rap because he hit one million subscribers. Wow. And for some reason, that stuck in my head, which I know is the most ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous so we need, thing. We need to do a cover for one million downloads. One million <laughs> downloads. I yeah, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with this rap, but um, that sounds awful. <laughs> it was. No, this is like thing is. I feel like there's nothing we can say that we haven't said before when we hit a hundred thousand. When we hit like half a million, like I did not expect to be here i feel like a million downloads feels like you're playing with the big boys that's like a big legitimate like now yeah uh (laughs) sorry but like it does it feels like legitimate it's like we've got a million downloads also also impossible to imagine because i remember sitting 100 and we were together and we hit 100 Mm. in that weird premiere (laughs) where tom felton was in the room (laughs) we always like hit big milestones on like when we're have other things going on honestly we do yeah but i remember us hitting 100 and i was like i can imagine a hundred listens yeah i can't imagine a million listens very well no it does get to a certain point where you're like okay it's so big 
<laughs> no one edit that, please. <laughs> When you say no one, me? Do we know? Do we have any other editors? We're a million. No, I mean like no, no, no one take the audio of me being oh. like it's so big. <gasps> but yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I'm guys, gonna regret putting that on the yeah, internet. As you guys know, we didn't expect to get to this place. We thought we'd give up really quickly, and the own not the only reason. I'm not gonna give you guys <laughs> that much credit, but the reason we have stuck with it and made it what it was is because of. The listeners, like... The pressure that we would be letting other people down. And, but also the enjoyment, like, the... I think we would still enjoy it if it was just us oh. two and no one was listening. No, I've hated this since season three. You made this joke at half a million, so you can't... What happened at season Hannah. three? You enjoyed one and two? Uh, it's... It's the new mics, you were just like, what? No, it was like Neil having two whole episodes. Oh, that did piss me off, yeah. Mm. It was, as soon as somebody said, I prefer Neil to those two, the, yeah. the whole thing got ruined for me. Yeah, exactly. No, but you say, oh, you can't be measuring your own... Hannah, I've got five jokes. You know this about me. Five jokes and yet a million people have listened to them. I know, right? It's the ultimate con. Million, people only listen not to a million the accents. People. A million listens There's, have yeah. been done of the podcast. Um, it, yeah, no, people only listen because we're British. <laughs> I'm ge- I'm not even kidding. I'm genu- I genuinely think that's why. I think we have some merit. Do we? Anyway, um, thank you. Listens. Thank you. Anyone that has listened to us whilst you're asleep, whilst you're in the bath, fuck you to anyone. Well, no, if you've listened to us masturbating, fine. Just don't tell us. Just don't tell us. Um, we don't want to know. Anyone that has ever, for some bizarre reason, listened to us and kept listening to us. And especially that you guys keep listening when we are continuously the shittiest podcast hosts <laughs> around. We are surrounded. We are now, I think once you hit the million, you get into the, the top tier of the Harry this Potter podcast. That's what I was saying. You, you live with the big boys. Yeah, not ju- of, of podcasts in general. But and I also, mean boys in a genderless way, by the way. But also like... Not to be big-headed, but there is only a handful of Harry Potter podcasts that have hit this million mark. Yeah. And all of them are run good. their shit so much better than we do. I know, because me and Hannah, we've been having to do... This is, for instance, an insert. We've been having to do loads of inserts lately because of like various things that we're like announcing and the timings of recording and people going away over the summer. So we're currently massively ahead of recording and having to do all these inserts. We're complaining about it. Like, this is so complicated. How do we do this, blah, blah. It's like... Other professional podcasts, it's just their day to day. They always do this. But we're like, we had to do like three inserts and we're like, we're oh, like my oh my God, God. Why can't we just talk about Harry Potter? I'm having to do inserts. Uh, and it doesn't help so that like hard. we pre drink. So the minute we have to get to doing this, these things and working out what we're doing, we're like, a few drinks deep. Yeah, but... bear in mind, we're currently like, I've recorded an insert for something six weeks ahead. Now we're recording an insert for something that's coming out in two days time. My brain is like, what are we doing it right hurts. now? Anyway, <laughs> I'm saying that all the other Harry Potter podcasts do such a better job than us. So thank you for yes. listening to these two messes. Maybe that's why you like, what I'm starting to realise is we make jokes about this and then people are like, I like how much of a mess you are. I'm like, thank you. I'll take that one as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> we really do have the lowest bar that we've made like our flaws, our personal brand <laughs> no but also not just our flaws we have as we have said multiple times manifested the things we want from life do we want to do i enjoy anything more than talking about harry potter whilst having a drink no did i make it my part-time job yes i did i know it's yeah i <laughs> it's funny i was talking to my housemate lydia the, the other day and she had told her boyfriend about our podcast mm. because of something else that we're announcing soon and apparently her boyfriend was pissed off with her because he was like why on 
earth did you not mention before that you're living with a celebrity? And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Why would you... Hey, why would he think you're a celebrity? Mate? I don't know. But apparently he thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And he Aww. was like, this is so cool that you're like living with this person that does that. Like I had no idea that she like... Do you know one of the things I find hardest, and this is going to sound like such a wanky thing to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> when it was smaller, I found it actually easier to tell people about it that I meet in my other professional settings mm. because I was like, oh, it's like a hobby this weekend someone new started not this weekend two days ago someone new started at work and she was like oh what are you doing this weekend and i was like oh on saturday i'm recording for the podcast i run and then i'm like i have to kind of it feels almost harder now to explain it because they're like is that not your job and i'm like no it's my thing (laughs) yeah i have a thing (laughs) yeah i think I find it a bit easier because it's like you can like legitimize it yeah. by saying like, oh, we earn money from it. We do like X, Y, Z things like it, yeah. it. Not that like I I wish that I was a kind of person. And like I am blindly proud of this, that I do this. But it's in certain social situations, it feels uncomfortable to be like, yeah, I spend a significant portion of my free time working on a podcast that I talk about Harry Potter like in certain social situations that can be a bit uncomfortable to say but I'm normally really, you get I'm like you really get like hard to wrap it up as much as possible yeah but like you normally say that and you get like a look from people and then you say and we earn money from it and they're like that's so cool yeah. but it's the earning money from it is sadly what shifts people yeah especially because we spend so much time on it nowadays last week I spent nearly 30 hours on the podcast framework i work a 40 hour week this week has thankfully only been 10 (laughs) yeah not thankfully because i like doing it (laughs) yeah but yeah that was that sounded like we're moaning again we're not we're just saying that like things have changed so much and part of me we go back to this point all the time but part of me is sad how much things changed during COVID when we don't know what they could have been like if COVID yeah. hadn't existed. And that's hard for us because we hit our biggest growth, our biggest peaks during COVID. But you can't think like that. Like, yeah, it's it's, exactly. it's onwards and upwards, baby. Anyway. And some people found us because of the pandemic because they were looking for comfort. Yeah. So anyway. Thank you. Anyway, long tangent. This is to say thank you so fucking much, yeah. each and every one of you. Literally. You absolute legends that for some reason spend your time listening to two annoying British girls get drunk and talk about Harry Potter. You were legends, each and every one of you. And I continue to hope that we do a good enough job to keep you entertained. Yeah, and I just, I just think you're all such wonderful people like some of the messages oh i don't i I think you're complete losers and just cunts (laughs) and i hates that word i don't every time you say it though i'm just like oh (laughs) i don't hate it i think we should reclaim it you know yeah cunt 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 i think you're all wonderful (laughs) yeah 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 the weirdest this again a tangent i'm just tiny the weirdest thing has been tangential people who have now started to find out i'm the person that runs this podcast so this has happened three times in the last year and that's when i realized it's got big it's so weird because this hasn't happened to me admittedly really bizarre i like have like especially like no longer like working with other people i have like a smaller yeah so so one was more simple it was oh you came up on my tiktok this morning when i saw a girlfriend of one of neil's uni friends actually i did have this i had my my sister's neighbor came up to her one day and was like this is really random does your sister run a harry potter podcast and she was like 
uh, yes. Yeah. And he was like, because this girl came up on my TikTok for you page that looked and sounded so much like you. That's that I... weird. Yeah. That's weird. Especially because like people are very split with me, me and my sister. No, it's 50-50. But it's 50-50. Some people like you look nothing like and some people like you are identical. You look really similar. You do. I'll cry now. No. Not... It's not like every feature, but there are some features that are identical. I, That's the thing. I think we look related. And there's like, thing is, most of the time I'm like, I think we look vaguely related. Like you could probably in, in line up, say, with the related ones. But every now and then there will be a photo or a video <laughs> clip. Like, and it's normally that I'm seeing off me and I'm like, I just looked like my sister. There. I hate like, when you have those moments. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, then the, the other one was, the, then the two others were someone... Um, one of Neil's uni friends, he he moved in with some housemates who were really into Harry Potter. So he said, oh, my friend runs a Harry Potter podcast. You should give it a listen. And they were like, oh yeah, we listened to some already. We listened to this one called Goblet of Wine. And he was like, yep, that's the one she runs. <laughs> and then another one was- Shout out to whoever that is if you're listening, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And then another one was, and I do know this girl listens. So thank you. Um, a guy I went to school with who I was never that close friends with, but was a lovely guy, messaged me and Neil actually, but saying, um, do you run this podcast? Um, <laughs> like, hi, how are you? I hope you're well. Is this you that run this podcast, by the way? Because my friend- loves the podcast and has just found out I might mutually know you and I just want to check it is you and I was That's like so yes cool. it is me and then he was like could you message her and I messaged her like you're so great thank you for listening oh. <laughs> but they're the moments when I realise how bizarre is. it is when I tangentially have people come in and be like yeah they already know about you and yeah. I'm like oh god <laughs> I'm so surprised and like, and I genuinely I don't mean this in a cocky way that I think we're that big but I just mean that the world is very small I'm still surprised that neither of us have ever been like Recognize, and I, I hate saying that because I, I don't. It's not that I think that we're that big. It's that the amount of times I bump into people that I know in London, but then, like it's tiny. Neil says we were being watched by those two girls in the park okay, the other day. Yes. and no one's messaged us. Okay, no one's but, come forward. Well, I don't know. This easily could be nothing. It probably was nothing, but it was really. If funny you were these girls. <laughs> we coincidentally were having a conversation about like seeing celebrities in person. Not that. We're celebrities. We were talking no, about like when we you don't, see but real celebrities. We were talking about like when you actually, what would you do if you spotted a celebrity? Yeah, in I was person. basically saying, what would I do if I saw Taylor Swift on the street? Yeah, because we basically we knew that Taylor Swift was going to be somewhere, a, a certain pub, and I was like, I don't see the point in going because I don't know what I do. I yeah. think I just panic. Yeah. So then that led us on an, onto a conversation, and everyone we were with were like giving opinions, but we were basically saying like, unless it was a real special person and a real special like situation, I would not go out up to those people. And then we were like a good way into this conversation, and Neil was like, "By the way, <laughs> there's two girls over there watching you too." Yeah. Apparent and it easily could have been nothing. They could have been slagging us off. They could have been like, been like those obnoxious twats. Yeah, but apparently there were like two girls that had been like staring and watching us in this pub. But like I'm just like, and I'm sure it was nothing. But like, could you imagine if you like saw two people that ran a podcast and you were like, oh that's cool, and it's just you know some podcasters will go up and say hi and, and then you can hear them going oh my god i would not go up, up to, to someone <laughs> so and we are sorry if you did and it's so different because we are not celebrities so if you do ever see us in person oh, please, please come, say hi. come say hi if you ever see us around london please come say hi it's absolutely fine like we yeah. want to see you um anyway this was such a long 
insert to say thank, thank you, you for a million listens. Hannah was so happy when I finished editing this episode that it was under an hour and I've just gone and fucked that all by myself. It's so fine. It's fine. This needs little editing. Yeah. Thank you guys so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. And here yeah. is to the next million. Oh, no, I, I'm I'm quitting. <laughs> I always you make can't that make joke. This joke. I know. I know. Charlie has five jokes. Okay. I do. We know this. Back to the episode. <laughs> I actually don't want to record this episode out of fear of the alcohol. Yeah, this... I'm more scared than the egg. <laughs> I yeah. The thing is, like the nasty ones, we never normally know are going to be that nasty. Like this I, one, we've seen. A I didn't think that the corn wine or that French bullshit <laughs> you priest not priest monk bollocks were gonna be that bad and they were but this one i feel like we know yeah because i watched neil's reaction and it terrified me and I... normally he tries to hide his reaction so yeah. it doesn't like influence because he often tries what we're drinking just before we record because mm. he cannot not be involved yeah this one he like backed away from me and i thought he was gonna vomit that does not bode well because that man can drink <laughs> So let's get into episode 91. Should we start with some other things first? Yeah. Uh, what do we have top of the episode? How are you? Fine. Tired. Oh, well, we've started the first of two recordings at nine o'clock, so that's going to go well. No, on a Wednesday. Oh, God. We have done so many weekday recordings recently. Mm. <sighs> we'll get back to weekends recordings yeah. at some point. We're also getting very ahead at the moment for reasons that will become apparent in like two episodes time when we have a guest. Or, well, no, because we have a guest coming up and we have to pre-schedule those. We're getting really ahead. Yeah. So that's why there's a load of weekday recordings. But then that will mean we have our pick of the weekends moving forward. Woo! Woo! I am also tired. I'm on like day two of my period. I'm just like mm. not feeling it. I'm due on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So I'm just getting like all that like achy. And I'm also like, I can tell that I'm being mental, like just emotionally, just like unhinged. You were unhinged about that coin. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, that is valid. <laughs> that is disgusting. Okay. Next time I put a coin in our drinks, I'll wash them. <laughs> no, there's no amount of washing a coin that you could do to make me fine with a coin in my drink. Interesting. Okay. My ankle still hurts. Um, yeah, since which I, I say you. still, I cut it out the last episode, so there yeah, is no still. I pushed Hannah down my stairs in a violent fit of rage. Yeah, and I sprained my ankle. We're not 100% sure it's sprained. I am starting to worry, because it's been nearly three weeks, that it's slightly broken. Um, mm, and I, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I think it's a bad sprain um but that hurts and it's all charlie's fault yeah because she violently pushed me down some stairs no i broke up with my boyfriend and hannah came over really sarcastic i was like boo (laughs) wow (laughs) heard it all before and then she was like i'm really sensing that the attention is not on me right now yeah so she fell down the stairs on purpose yeah so that she could have attention how do i bring this evening back to being about me so I just chucked myself down Charlie's yeah, stairs. Yeah, it was really... I, I was mid-wee and she started <laughs> ringing me and I was like, you left my house 30 seconds ago. What, what, could, you what could you possibly want? want? What have you done now? Yeah, and then I just found her just like crumpled on the bottom <laughs> of my stairs. It was really funny. Help, help. Anyway, she's still injured from that, which is annoying because we were supposed to go to Go Ape on Saturday. I know, I'm so sorry. That's fine. About my injuries. I didn't know sprained ankles were this bad, but the NHS says they can take up to 12 weeks to heal. (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel like that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, ankles are, you know, they've got a lot of things in them. That's how we are. As you can tell, it's chaotic. Should we do some Patreons? Yeah. <laughs> so a lumpy size thank you to Lot, Lot, Lotte. You can send me a correction. <laughs> I hope it's one of the three I've said. Mm-hmm. A Matthew Twig size thank you to Matt. Wait, that's my brother's name. <laughs> yes, well done. Ah, I, uh, Elsa from Frozen is too obvious here. It's too obvious. An egg size thank you to Elsa. A Laura Dern size thank you to Laura. A Santa Claus size thank you to Clow. A Mamma Mia. Here we go. <laughs> I watched, so I thank you to Mia. <laughs> I watched Mamma Mia 2 two days ago. Oh. It is a lot worse than the first one. I prefer it. Hot take. No, that's just a bad take. What do you mean? That's impossible. I don't believe you. The main girl is hotter. That's true. If Lily James wasn't in that film, it would be abhorrent. It, it's, it's passable just because she's in it. She's hot. I like her boots. She does wear great outfits the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But everything else about it is worse and it is made so much worse by the presence of Cher, who does not need to be there. <laughs> Cher needs to be everywhere at all times. A Cher size thank you to Christina. <laughs> A Jenny from the Block size thank you to Jennifer. A Leah from Twilight size thank you to Leah. A Jort size thank you to Jordan. What's a Jort? It's a denim short. No, oh. a, yeah, a jean short. They are all the people that have joined our Patreon recently. Thank you very much. There is some fun things going up there. Fortnightly at the moment. For the last six weeks, we have uploaded something fortnightly. I know. Amazing. And well done to you for editing. <laughs> the bar is so low. And <laughs> well done to us for recording them. Woo! <laughs> this review comes from Kuip. Poe, who left us such a long review, I am going to have to paraphrase it massively, but it's lovely. Um, they were recommended Goblet of Wine by a friend, and she had just started a cleaning business, so it's really nice to listen to while they work, which I love. Like, that sounds so nice. They mentioned it's been two years since the first COVID, which she was really shocked by because she listened to the episode the day it to that episode the day it came out. I couldn't believe I'd been listening to them for over two years. If anyone had been asked, I was sure it was about six months. They've really weaseled their way into my life. <laughs> and we will never leave. Yeah. Until we finish the podcast. <laughs> my, some of my favourite things about this podcast is that it's reintroduced me to the series I grew up with. It's allowed me to view it from a really different perspective. I've gone back and listened to the audiobooks. Steam Fry MVP, Jim Dale can suck it. True. <laughs> yep. It's such You're an right awesome... and you should say it. You are. It's such an awesome different experience. I don't ever want to think about this podcast ending, but really look forward to the Netflix series. The amount of people now bringing up the fact that we are starting a Netflix Harry Potter series. I'm like, if they ever gre gets greenlit, you guys better all petition the shit out of it so we can be on like the production board. <laughs> Only if JK's yeah, cut if she's out by in then. it, then you but can petition us to kill her. How um, much do you reckon we could get away with just making a like knockoff Harry Potter? About like not a lot because I know someone, Kelsey Ellison, made like a film, like short film based around Harry Potter. No, no, no. But like we just write something. Oh right, with like the same plot but like changed enough I don't so we don't actually associate it with Harry Potter but we're like this is a story about a, a boy no of a young girl, girl. wizard <laughs> and her 
I don't think a lot. <laughs> I think we could. Okay, let's try it. Side note, thanks to TikTok, I can finally tell them apart at least 70% of the time. That is Whoa. a really great point. If you want mm. to tell us apart, go to TikTok because you see us. Yeah. Although we never say I'm Hannah, I'm Charlie, but if you know what we look like, yeah. and if you don't, well we kind of look the same now because you copied my haircut sorry it's what it naturally grew into after my pixie cut off (laughs) and how many haircuts have you had since then 10 (laughs) you cut a fringe and she's like oh it naturally grew this way as if just like the front portion of your hair started shedding without a fringe i looked so bad i had had a fringe my whole life before the pixie cut i wasn't gonna yeah, not yeah. get one now because of you i just love the notion that it's just that part of your hair just kept snapping it off just, it, it, oh it's just how it grew yeah it just just keeps snapping it, perfectly at my eyebrows it does yeah uh, if this gets spread out i'm 99.88 percent sure it'll be the first review from hawaii Do you, are you meant to say it hawaii no hawaii i know what? there's an actual way you're meant to pronounce it I don't know. But I really can't be bothered to go back and verify that. You are, I think, our first reviewee from Hawaii. <laughs> well, the first one that they've, like, said. That's a good I point. necessarily know. I'm going to say you are. Yeah, you're the first one, one that we know about. So, so thank, thank you. you so much for such a lovely review. Now we have to talk about the alcohol. Uh, which means we had to drink the alcohol. Or I, we got shots first. Should we do the shots? Both or one? Let's do one. Yeah. Yeah. So this shot is for the final mixing up of Dumbledore and Voldemort. Yeah. And it is wild berry flavoured moonshine, which we did like a, what was it? Was it salted caramel or the other one? It was something yeah. along those lines. I'm really and looking it was forward to delicious. This. So yeah. Cheers. Cheers. These are just. I would sip that. Yeah. I would sip that with an ice like, cube. Mm. Yeah. That is delicious. Like. Amazing. Very like alcoholic, like it tastes. That one's only twenty percent. No, but like, it, as in, like you can tell it is a shot. It yeah. tastes like alcohol. Yeah, but like not in a harsh way. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's burning as it goes down. Oh, this is gonna be great for the acid reflux I've had lately. Oh yeah, pizza, and then this alcohol that we're <laughs> drinking is uh, we, the, the, tonight oh, is gonna be yeah. terrible. No, I'm not sleeping tonight. Okay, so I am th- just gonna be violently shitting myself <laughs> the entire. Night. I already have gas. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have to take a break halfway just to like burp ourselves in opposite ends of the flat. Yes. So this Wait, you can't burp. Oh, you little freak. No, I'll go fart myself. <laughs> this alcohol comes from Amelie. And Amelie... We made this worse than Amelie wanted it to be. Yeah. It's our own fault. So Amelie is Norwegian and wanted us to drink something traditional to Norway. So in an area called... Trondelag. <laughs> not how you pronounce it. Which is the middle part of Norway. They drink something called cask, which is black coffee mixed with heimbrent. I think you're all really enjoying my pronunciations in this bit. Mixed with heimbrent, which means moonshine. So what you're supposed to do is put a coin in the bottom of a glass or cup, add coffee, black coffee, until you can't see the coin anymore, then add alcohol till you see it again. I've never made it myself, so I don't know if it's actually possible to see the coin again. Spoiler warning, it fucking isn't. (laughs) It might just be a mix. Most people mix coffee and alcohol 50-50. You can also add a spoon of sugar, which I did because... So (laughs) the company that we mentioned last time who sent us those little moonshine shots, the main thing they sent us, which is... Shots? Shots. Shots. 
is the company is O'Donnell's Moonshine, by the way. The main thing they sent us, and it was me that requested this, and I don't know why I did this. I saw it on their website when they were like, what do you want? And I was like, that will be hilarious. Mm -hmm. They serve a high, high proof moonshine, which is 72% or in American, 144 proof. Which means in this 700 milliliter bottle, there are 50 UK units. Bear in mind, most vodkas we drink on this podcast are 42 to 45%. This is 72. I have never drunk anything this strong. No. So we didn't add it to, you can see the coin again, because we didn't want to die. I also refuse to have the coin in my drink because I think that is disgusting. Like, Hannah just put a pound coin in there. I had to demand it not only be removed, but a fresh mug. We're in a global pandemic. I do not want a British pound coin in my mug giving me COVID. Like... It doesn't live on surfaces, Although, actually, fine. you know what I genuinely was You'd thinking more likely about? to have, like, faecal matter on it. And you're fine with that? <laughs> no. Are we going to try it? You can't smell the coffee. Yeah. And there's more coffee in this than the oh. alcohol liquid. Okay, you can smell it more now. When we first yeah. poured it, you couldn't smell the coffee. I'm really scared. Okay, it's going to be fine. It is not as bad as I was expecting. Coffee is a strong flavour. That's okay. I do feel like the taste is not that bad. I do feel like it's exfoliating my mouth. Yeah. That might be because it's strong black coffee, sugar and high, high proof alcohol. It's not nice. I tell you what, that does taste like something that's going to kill the COVID and faecal matter on your coin. <laughs> that is nowhere near as bad as I thought, but... We do have to do a second shot in this episode. And yes, we will be trying the 70% alcohol yes. straight, just so you can all hear that. Um, but yeah, thank you again to O'Donnell's Moonshine for sending this. We'll put another link in the description if you guys want to check it out, because we're both obsessed with the packaging, mostly. Like Chapter three, will and won't. I only just realised just before we got to recording that it's called that because they're looking at a will and creature won't do a thing. And it's funny. I hate J.K. Rowling so much. <laughs> and this chapter title is what pushes you over the edge. <laughs> yes. The transphobia I could exit. No. Uh, no, I just, just in general. All right. So the chapter opens with Harry Potter was snoring loudly. Against, which... It's just asleep against a window because... <laughs> Men can just sleep anywhere. Apparently. Apparently, especially... Think how bad that is for his skin. I think he's only been doing it for like an hour. But yeah, it's pr how often do you think reckon he cleans his windows? Probably never. I never clean mine. <laughs> you dirty... Get no, who cleans their windows? People. People clean I their really windows. I really want... Have you seen those like magnetic things so you can stick it either side of your window and like move it and it yes. goes through the glass? I and... have and that looks awesome. I want one. Yeah, I want one. Yeah. Let's timeshare one. <laughs> okay. That would work. Who would need one all the time? Yeah. It's not like we're ever going to be like, oh my God, we at the exact same time want to clean our windows. Yeah. Yeah. So the sentence brings you back down to earth with, with a bang and you, you're reminded that this story is about a really stupid hero. Like Harry is not, he's just not Harry is he? dumb. Harry is a dumb bitch merch. who is asleep snoring yeah. against a window. Like mm. he is not like, I'm a hero, which is the whole point of Harry Potter. But it's really just like the man is snoring against a window. Yeah. I, who sleeps like that? Harry Potter. Like, how does that happen? Like, unless it's like a car window. I don't know. I guess 
You could do it with your forehead, but yeah, doing it with your whole cheek is a bit weird. Yeah, I was picturing cheek, but forehead makes it weirder. Forehead to me makes sense. You're kind of looking out the street and then you're like... I don't know. It's just a bit like... I don't know. I don't like sleeping. I can't sleep like that because it like that. I don't like my own neck touching my neck. I don't think I've ever fallen asleep like that. I have, but I don't like it. All right, then. It then like describes his room... And it says there are apple cores on the floor. Like, Harry, I'm a, I'm a messy person. Man's definitely doesn't clean his windows. That's if he's got like disgusting. rotting apple cores, yeah, that must smell. Not just on your desk, like one on your yeah. desk. He's gonna get ants on the floor. He's gonna get ants. I, I feel like J.K. Rowling really said with this chapter, I want people to realise this is a 16-year-old and he yeah. is just a normal 16-year-old. But that's gross. No, if she wanted him to seem like a normal 16-year-old, it would have been like crusty tissues. Or socks. Yeah. I still don't think people actually do that. Neither do I. Don't tweet us about it. <laughs> I would like to redact my statement from chapter one saying... Oh, it's so much better to put exposition in extra chapters rather than a newspaper because I forgot we had three newspaper clippings in this bloody chapter. There's so many. I thought they were just in book seven and I was wrong. wrong. Yeah. Look how wrong I was. Like, I just, I lost interest. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't give many shits. I get what she's doing, but it's the fact I know she does it in book seven where I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. okay, I don't care. It's not one, it's three. Mm. Um, so one of them is that rumours have guessed that Harry is the chosen one who can rid the world of Voldemort. And, okay, this led me to a question which I haven't thought about before. Yeah. I was just assume these rumours were like, I don't know, started by the Wizarding World themselves. I don't know. Someone just came up with it. It stuck. Do you think it's possible that the rumours were leaked by the ministry themselves, like high up in the ministry themselves, because they want Harry to be their poster boy and they think if these rumours start, Harry will be like, oh, well, the world does kind of believe in me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to be their poster boy. I don't know. I think it's more likely that it's like similar to the Hogwarts thing where it's like portraits and shit. Like, I'm aware that no one heard the prophecy. There's, like, portraits in Dumbledore's office. And then would have heard gossips. That. <laughs> yeah, and we know that some of them also have portraits in yeah. the, like, Ministry of Magic and stuff. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's the portraits being dirty little gossips. I, I just had this thought about whether, like, Fudge or Scrimger, or well, it would have been Fudge, doesn't know that it's true, but, like leaked it or started it to like because he's really on the campaign of persuading Harry to be the poster boy mm. and whether it could tie into that possibly but it just seems like a bit of a random idea for them to yeah I guess it like I, I think it's funny if it's the portraits but I guess I could also see it just happening organically because of Harry's history where people are like oh well it must be Harry I mean I suppose at this point the Wizarding World now knows that Voldemort has gone after Harry at least twice, if not more mm. times. Some of them know a lot more they than that. They know he's got mad beef. So, like, why would you not think he's some sort of chosen one if Voldemort keeps going after him? You're going to yeah. think there's something special about yeah. him. They might not have meant chosen one, as in the one to defeat him, but chosen one, as in Voldemort really keeps choosing to try and kill this lad. And also, this lad keeps not dying, so there must be yeah. something good about him. He's a slippery little... Eel. Eel. Scrim we confirm that Scrimger is the Prime Minister. There's new security at Hogwarts. And Harry is a 
fucking slob. Um, mm mm-hmm. I don't know why I wrote this at this point, probably because it described like the underwear at the bottom of his trunk again. And he again doesn't clean the trunk out, which leads to the plot convenience of book seven where he cuts himself on the mirror. So I know why it's in here, but I don't fucking care because it's got glass at the bottom of it. Okay, it has glass. (laughs) You think? He must just be like for the next year just getting shit out of his trunk. Just like, why do these dirty pants have loads of holes cut in them? Like, why is everything just got glassy little holes? Also, I absolutely refuse to believe that he wouldn't turn up at the burrow with this trunk and Mrs. Weasley, when doing his yeah. washing, which she does, and when she buys his new school things, would go through his fucking trunk and repack it for him because we know she doesn't care about personal privacy. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to repack his trunk. Oh, absolutely. It's unbelievable that his trunk remains this yeah. disgusting. Or at the very least, she would check it and be like, yo, Harry, this is gross and you are now my surrogate Why son. Why is this full of glass and apple cores? <laughs> I mean, at least he's eating fruit, I guess. Yeah. I bet, given Harry's personality, I bet they are green apples. Green apples? Yeah. It's boring. And red apples are exciting? Pink apples are the best. Pink ladies are the best. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, no, Harry, just talking about his personality. Eats a Granny Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's what the Dursleys will buy for him. Yeah, but it's also like, you know that Harry would, he would never broaden his horizons no, he likes a granny smith yeah and a treacle tart yeah which is not a magical food why does anyone think that's a magical food i've never understood this it's always ones that come up when oh i didn't know if it was potter or british and i've seen it loads of mm. times why what sounds magical about a treacle tart i don't know treacle is good word it is in general but if you know what treacle is yeah i mean yeah. it's a it's a good pudding the next piece of literature we get is a leaflet advising people on how they can protect themselves this was not necessary to the plot of this book um it's don't go outside alone or in the dark which um yeah is mood if i guess you're a it's woman. just it's it's just giving like it's giving context it's setting the scene setting the mood yeah um i really love that it's like if you see anything or something like contact the aura office how beep, beep, beep. hello how don't know don't know they don't explain they don't leave a little thing like oh i'll just owl them fly faster i'm being attacked (laughs) just like you're halfway through writing the letter when you get avada cadaverant yeah like i understand that someone like mr and mrs weasley would know but what about all the muggleborns what about they all the poor orphan the, lads? They don't care about the muggleborns and the awful Like, imagine, lads. like, Hermione at her parents getting attacked. And she just picks up the pamphlet and is like, contact the aura office. <laughs> She's like, how? Like, there's probably some dumb thing, like, with the night bus where you've got to stick out your fucking wand arm or something. Yeah, but there's like, probably not. Wizards are stupid. Like... I guess you could argue that obviously we don't see everything that they learn at Hogwarts. So maybe there's like a life skills thing where it's like similar to, you know, stop, drop, 999. They're like, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. The amount of lessons I had on stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. But I will never not be mad about those like random fucking fire lessons that we had because of the time when I set fire to my house and remembered to turn like the oven switch off. 
But did it in such a shape, state of shock that afterwards the firemen were like, who turned the oven off at the wall? And I was like, I don't know, that's really weird. And then like a day later, I was like, it was me. That was me. Nice. Yeah. Also, like, why did those same kind of lessons make you think that like you were definitely going to get hit by a train or like wander into like okay. that electricity place? But, but where you grew up, was there a hazard alley? What? Did you go to a special centre... <gasps> built for you to practice scary scenarios. Oh, I've unlocked a memory. Did you, you have? Did you go to one? Yes. And also, so I had just been on holiday and got like all of my friends those like friendship bracelets with your names on. Oh. And then we went to that like place and they were like, don't wear anything with your name on because the paedophiles will get you. And I felt so guilty. I was like, I have doomed all of my friends. So around us, it was called Hazard Alley. And there's only like one in every like, I don't know, five, more, ten counties probably. And you all travel down to it for a day. And it like simulates a child drowning. And they do it like you're an adult. They're like, the adults step back. They're like, what would you do in this situation? And then you go and do it. And it has a fake telephone booth. And you literally call 999. And it's the only time you're allowed to call 999 in your life that isn't 999. Because the call goes up to a woman in the office upstairs who answers like she's 999. And at another time, you and a friend get locked in a room and you're just sitting there and then smoke starts pouring from under the door. <laughs> this place is fucking terrifying. I don't remember mine in that detail. You remember like a scary amount of detail about your childhood. Um, but I do remember that we did have a thing. I have like vague memories around it. I don't remember someone being drowned, but... Well, I, the person wasn't. It was like a... a, a well, I assume that they don't literally drown a child, but I... I that does bring me on to my next point, that I like to think that Hogwarts does the exact same yeah, thing. I hope so. Only they don't use any kind of like illusion or magic. <laughs> they just do it on the first year. So they just like push a first year off the stairs like, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. They drown it in the Hogwarts swimming pool like, don't, don't do, do that. that. Like this is part of the yearly percentage, the like sacrifices. This is actually, if you flunk out of your first year. You get, at, you get used you, in the hazard alley. in the hazard alley, which is just Dumbledore <laughs> taking like a bunch of maybe like third years or something around the school. Just like. Don't do that. Randomly. Like he gives some to the centaurs or something. Anyway, um, tweet us if you went to hazard alley or similar. Do they have those in America? <laughs> or other countries around the world? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I also learned that when you... Cr I never knew this one and I still remember it. When you cross in front of a lorry, you're meant to put your arm in the air so they can see you in the cab. That implies that you don't want to die, though. Yeah. Also, who the fuck crosses in front of a lorry? Like, I'm sorry, I grew up near, like, one of the biggest ports or the biggest port in, like, the Europe or something. But, like, I've never been, like, crossing in front of a lorry. Not so close that I would need to put my hand yeah. up so it can see me. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, excuse me. I'm just going to cross over the A12. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, that was such a tangent. Yeah, those kind of assemblies and shits just always made me feel like I was going to get hit by a train or like wander into one of those like electricity... Yep. Uh, I really I don't thought know what I would, would experience them. a serious fire by this age in my life. And as we've both said, we seriously thought quicksand would be a bigger issue than it is. Yes, and acid rain. Thought it was going to be a bloody nightmare. <laughs> 
So it, it, we learn it's only been two weeks since like literally the last chapter of book five. And it really, this this like whole section really gave me COVID vibes. Mm. Sorry. Um, Especially like the pamphlets. Yes. And like how fast everything has changed. Like two weeks ago, it was like, yeah, Voldemort's back. Stuff might happen. And literally within two weeks, it's like, we are on emergency things. Here are some pamphlets. Yeah. You must do this. And I I think I'd grown up reading this like, oh, this would never happen this fast. And after living through COVID, I'm like, yeah, it can. And especially and when they got magic. Yeah. Like, it, it really gave me some lovely COVID vibes, which I didn't mm. enjoy. The final piece of literature we have to sit through is a letter from Dumbledore. Actually, I had a note before this. Oh, please tell me. Harry's picked up another hobby as well as drawing owls. <laughs> What? He's been repairing alarm clocks. <laughs> Is it just one? I don't think he has more than one alarm I clock. Don't know, I think I... it's alarm clock singular. Either way, I don't feel He's like a handy man. I don't feel like you repair an alarm clock on the first try. Which Maybe implies... he's been helping Mr. Weasley for ages. We don't know that. But either way, he's just been repairing alarm clocks he's a cute handy boy just spends how broken can it be (laughs) i don't know dudley is a violent man he probably threw it yeah yeah anyway anyway there's a letter from dumbledore and he's coming to pick harry up whoa whoa this is a change this is a bit uh, harry constantly has to be broken out of this house and now we're like he's just being picked up by an adult yeah there's not a lot of safeguarding going on here. This old man any, has taken a very peculiar special interest left. in this underage boy. He doesn't have any guardians left. He's got Petunia. She doesn't care about him. I feel like she probably doesn't want him to get nonced regardless. I feel like she couldn't... <laughs> She's a terrible person. He's left Prisoner Drive in a series of bizarre ways. Down and now he's it. just being picked up by Dumbledore. It's really clear that Dumbledore is going to be a much bigger part of this book from this chapter because, like, previously Dumbledore has very much been in the background. Like, even book five, when Harry is annoyed at him. Because even in book five, he felt like he was in the background, you know? Like, he's always there. Mm. Harry always has, like, a weird parasocial relationship with him. He always pops up at the end of the book to explain the plot to us. Yeah. But he's never, you know, here at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Here he is. Harry hasn't packed because he's worried it's not real, which is a mood, but also be more organised. Mm-hmm. We need to do a shot. The only thing I have to wash it down with is the coffee thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to go well. That's just nail polish remover. The smell. Mm. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. The thing is, I did still have a bit of the berry stuff at the bottom of that. So my first hit was the berry stuff. I, oh. oh, oh. It's hurting me. It's oh. hurting me. It's hurting me. I've gone cold. Charlie, can I just can I just display something to you? We own this now. We have this much of it to get through. Your next party is going to be lit. Oh my god. I overthought that shot because I really wanted to just like neck it and have as little contact which meant I overthought it and accidentally it just went on my tongue and that made it so much worse. Oh my god. 
you know when people in cold countries drink things to keep them warm? Yeah, that's heated up my esophagus. <laughs> yeah, I like it burnt inside, and but my arms went cold. <laughs> Maybe I'm having a stroke. Dumbledore arrives and Mr. Dursley is shocked because Harry hasn't bothered to tell the Dursleys. I can't talk properly. No, I'm dead. And then Dumbledore's basically like, long time no see. You never came in the fucking house. He's like, oh, it's been a long time since I was here. You never stepped foot in the door because you're yeah. so antisocial. You can't say it's been a long time. It's so weird that he does that. I know we talked about it in book one, but why would you not go in the house? I'm going to leave a letter. For what? The most important... This child has just... Again, you're leaving a child on a doorstep. You're telling someone their sister's dead in a fucking letter. You're telling them that he has to live there for his own protection, otherwise he'll be killed in a fucking letter. Yeah. Like, I don't like people. Even I would do that. Like, have a fucking face-to-face conversation. It's definitely because there were parties that night and he was like, I'm not waiting. Yeah. No, I'm going... Yeah. This baby can stay here. He had to go hook up with Grindelwald and whatever fucking cave prison shit he's in. Lovely. I'm now thinking about I'm now thinking about him visiting there for like regular sex. Maybe that's what the plot of Secrets of Dumbledore is. Yeah. We don't know yet. But that's what I think it is. Yeah, prison glory hole. Aunt Petunia has a house coat. Mm. Which my gran had one of those. What is one? Um, is it like a dressing gown? Yes, apart from it has no waist and it zips from ankle length up to here. Huh? <laughs> so it's like like a quilted or soft dressing gowny type material. Uh. But it's like, so you put your arms in it and then imagine it zips from either like mid-calf or fully to your ankles to up here. Or buttons. Why? Just wear a onesie. Well, it's like a very old-fashioned thing. They're from like the 1950s when like women would couldn't be seen in their pajamas, so it was like acceptable to answer the door in it and like you could clean in it. I think so. It's like suits Petunia that she has one because she does give like 1950s housewife vibes. Yeah. Dumbledore says they have had correspondence before, and Harry finds this odd because he's Mm. like, I wouldn't call a howler correspondence. And I was like, yeah, that's rich. It's a howler in one letter. And then I was like, no, 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 this is really clever. Because Petunia wrote to Dumbledore when she was a child and Dumbledore wrote back and this is the first time I've put the... Cor- because yeah. Harry even points out that like he finds that odd and I've always been like, yeah, Harry's right, Dumbledore's an idiot. No, no, it's because Petunia wrote Dumbledore letters. Yeah, although I, I still would argue, like I obviously I agree, but I'm kind of like, what else do you say if it was just a howler? Like, oh, I screamed at you one time before. Like, I feel Correspondence like chorus- in... It implies a reply. Yeah, but also, like, what else are you going to say? If there was just a one-way howler and you meet someone in person... nice to meet you. But, like, you want to acknowledge that you have screamed at them before. I guess. I feel like you might just say correspondence awkwardly. I do agree that it's because they have actually corresponded, but... Yeah. I just feel like Harry might have just assumed, oh, that's, that's the polite way of saying it. I mean, Harry... Dumbledore says a lot of weird 
phrases in these next few chapters when he's in it. In the next chapter, he literally says, Molly, your servant, which I still don't. I understand he's saying, I'm in your service, thank you. Mm. But I have never heard or read anyone say, your servant as a goodbye or an exit. Like, yeah. he says some fucking weird things. <laughs> mm. It's like in the first Harry Potter film when Harry speaks like a little Victorian, Victorian. child. But, but Hagrid, Hagrid, I haven't any money. <laughs> like the fact that we both immediately went to the same quote. It's not a sentence a child would ever say. Dumbledore goes and sits in the lounge and knocks the sofa into the Dursleys to make them sit. He is so aggressive towards them in this chapter. Mm. And I know the reason why. But, but he like is, passive aggressive. He's he so passive. Like, aggressive? He like knocks... So- I don't think knocking a sofa into someone is passive. <laughs> but it's done in like a sit down. I'm gonna fuck what it. F- fuck <laughs> you up with this sofa. <laughs> Dumbledore has a black and shriveled up hand which doesn't get explained. <laughs> No, sorry, my mind went black and shriveled up something else. Of course it did. We're drinking real alcohol in this chapter, which, um, cheers. Harry's finally drinking real alcohol, not Butterbeer. He's been given some mead. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, Dumbledore just, like, serves up booze to Dudley. I know. Like, Like, fair enough doing it to Harry. Like, nobody cares about his welfare, but... Dudley? Well, Dudley doesn't drink it, so... Pussy. And then Dumbledore's like, right, to business. Sirius has left you everything. So even though you are now a millionaire, you are now even more of a millionaire for no particular reason. Good. And you've been left at a house. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. Because they don't really know. Yeah, so Dumbledore's like, yeah, the house might belong to Bellatrix because it might only have to be passed to a pure blood. And during this whole thing, the Dursleys have their drinks like bouncing off the side of their heads. And I was like thinking about why the Dursleys are so like shat on in this chapter. And it is kind of the last time we spend any proper time with them. Like I know we get an interaction with them at the beginning of book seven, but it's very much like, it's very much the end of an era in a different way. And it's sad, even though Harry's not sad about it. So I feel that this chapter serves as the comeuppance for five books of Harry being bullied by them. Like, I feel like J.K. Rowling wrote this in to be like, okay, this is their comeuppance for bullying him. Like, this is where I'm going to pay that off. It's not enough comeuppance. I can never say that. Because it wasn't bullying, it was literal abuse and they should go to jail. Yeah, but J.K. Rowling wrote it as like, meh fun bullying. So now she's like, meh put some alcohol against their head. But no, the comeuppance is not enough for the adults, but way too much for Dudley, yeah. who is a product of his own upbringing. I'm like, leave, leave, yeah. yeah. So they have drinks bouncing off their head. Creature is summoned because that is the test yeah, for if Harry will have the house. Yeah. And he arrives on what's described as the shagpile carpet, which is so 1970s, even though this is set in the 90s. Yeah. Ugh, shagpile carpet. Mm. Says Petunia likes to keep a really clean house. How do you keep a shagpile carpet clean? Yeah. I think shag walls used to also be a thing, which is just like, uh, what, like soft walls? Yeah. Do you know the one I never get? Those speckled ceilings. Why? Why was that ever a fashion? I you know those know. like hard little speckles? Yeah, no, I know. But like, yeah, because my grandparents' house Same. used to have them and all yep. of my memories of being there are just like staring at the ceiling just for hours. And did you ever poke it? It's quite spiky. 
Mm, yeah. What? Why was that ever? I don't. Who thought? Yeah, that looks better than a plain ceiling. Yeah. Who like looked at a plain ceiling and was like, you know what that could use? Random bits of rock. Weird fridges. Yeah. Fridges. I'm gonna be... put some tiny bits of rock in yeah. there. It needs to be ribbed. It's like whoever invented. <laughs> it's like whoever invented like what's that called? Sandblasted houses. Who looked at a normal? What is a sandblast? You know those houses that have like a rough sandy stone yeah. outside. That sandblasting. They literally blast it with like liquidy sand and it sets. Why? Who looked at a plain house and went? Do you know what this could do with? Weird spiky sand blasted onto the outside of it just it's it's doing so much <laughs> when it could not like you're giving yourself more work yeah and it looks ugly <sighs> you know what's interesting i wonder if there's a bunch of international listeners listening to this like what what like, maybe this is not a thing everywhere. No, I mean, not. in America, they, they make their houses out of paper mache. Yeah. So Every time I watch anything about, like, that involves an American house and shows how it's built, I'm like, why why, why is it not made yeah. properly? Why or is it like, your house they have a way? storm and they're like, why did all of the houses blow away? I don't know, because you made them out of paper? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they make houses differently around the world because one of the questions we get asked so much is, why do you whine about it when it's not that hot in England? Because our houses were made to keep the heat inside. Mm. <laughs> it's also why, like, Americans and stuff don't understand why the fire of London was so bad. Because they were like, how did it all set on fire? Because it was all connected. I mean, like, it was also all made of wood in that time. No, but, like, it's because, like, our houses are connected. Yeah, so it's So, just... like, Americans are always just like, what? Like, what, how did it spread? Because everything... Is connected. I'm connected to both neighbours opposite, which is why you can sometimes hear them. Creature is summoned into the room because Harry has also inherited a slave. Him. And this is where. Okay, so from. Okay, okay. Harry's a slave owner now. This is the book where things would really, really have to change to start needing to change. Yeah. If we were going to have the ending which involves systematic change, because book five was still setting it all up. And in book five, we had the big metaphors about the statue and the big metaphors, how about we've mistreated creatures our whole lives. So this is where J.K. Rowling should have started implementing mm -hmm. that need for systematic change, as well as Harry defeating Voldemort one on one. But instead, mm -hmm. she drops all the work she did in book five about we should stop mistreating those people below us and it isn't just on an individual level, it's a systematic level and Dumbledore said for far too long we have mistreated house elves and la 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 and la 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 and wizards think they're superior and Voldemort is a byproduct of that. And Harry's now a slave owner. Mm. I genuinely don't think that she ever intended to tackle it. Then I... why was it such a big plot point in book five? I think she was like, oh, I'm such a good... Person. I've done a massive metaphor. Look at my metaphor. Yeah. And I think that she knew all along that it was a plot device to get Ron and Hermione together. I don't think she knew that all along because I think I she got to the end of book seven and went, I don't know how to get the, these two the fuck together, even though I've been working on it for six books and went, nah, that works. Nah. No, I don't know. I, I think it feels like quite thought out. So I think she was like, oh, yeah, I want to do this so that it... And then she got, like, really carried away with the, like, okay, this is something that Hermione cares about. Hermione's right about everything, so I should write in all of this stuff about how right right she is about this house elf thing. But then I don't think that she 
ever actually planned to follow through on like actually dismantling anything. I don't think she ever planned to follow through. I think she didn't realise how big she'd spun it. I think she got to the end of book five and was like, wow, I've made this really big thing. I, A, do, do not have the capabilities to solve it and B, don't want to because I'm not someone who's interested in systematic change. I'm writing a good person versus bad person story. So just stopped it yeah and brought it back to the personal because we get creatures tale but this Mm. book involves none of that as far as i can remember we don't get any systematic creature things as in creature as an animal instead we get harry becoming a slave owner yeah and literally he doesn't have any like moral no hermione doesn't have any quandaries with it no one no one raises this no one thinks is this okay yeah he just owns a slave now and he's like stop screaming and his issue with owning a slave is that he doesn't like the slave in particular and he's like please stop screaming um no creature can scream because he doesn't have a choice of who he's being given to and i know he can't go to bellatrix even though that's his own free will because if he went to bellatrix he'd give away the position of loads of people in the order and they would die i understand that on like at that level but like they're acting like it's it's a it's creature's fault for wanting to mm. disobey the fact he's being given over when, like, no, of course he's screaming. He's being given over to another human being. Yeah. <laughs> but Dudley lifts his feet to head height to try to get them away from creature. So Dudley is sitting on a sofa and lifts his feet up to head height. Mm-hmm. That should have been in something. That's hilarious. Yeah. Creature is called the creature as in with a c twice in the text which like the narrator is harry so this is harry viewing him as something not worthy of empathy and as an animal Mm. like i know i've just used the word creatures interchangeably with like house elves and and yeah but the context there but the con in the context of the books creature is like a sentient thing with the same emotional intelligence as a human and harry is calling him a creature like it's like he's an animal which just is like harry has no empathy for him and thinks Mm. he's an animal like it's just you had dobby as a friend why is he so why why has he become such a dick he's a piece of shit yeah then harry gives him an order to shut up and he can't disobey harry so yay he's harry's and he can't disobey harry even though it causes him pain so harry sends him to work at hogwarts good because that's what that school needs more slaves. slaves have this slave oh i'm gonna complain because i have to send my slave to my school <laughs> harry also owns buckbeak but that's okay because he gives him to hagrid and it's called Witherwings, and no one's going to notice it's the same fucking hippogriff all <laughs> hippogriff ever spots it and he's like eh, eh, eh. it's not the same so harry runs back upstairs to pack because dumbledore's like are you ready and he's like nope nope (laughs) bye and then he comes back down and dumbledore is still in the lounge and harry so many times in these chapters when he's with dumbledore is so socially awkward he's just like oh yeah you would be though like picture if you like suddenly were hanging out with your like head person i don't want to picture that he was very i had two while i was in secondary school and they were both very awkward one was very tall and looked like a vulture yeah, but like that's that's the dynamic that Harry is dealing with. I once had a private, not private, a small breakfast 
I don't think I've ever told this story with the head teacher with eight or like 10 other pupils. And I was invited to this breakfast and like I got a letter put in my form room or something. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't know who else had been invited. No one I was friends with had been invited. Fun. Even people who I was friends with who were a lot smarter than me had not been invited. And I was like, okay, I'll go along to this. Arrive in the room and it is the top 10 people in the year. And I'm like, is is this like a not subtle, subtle brag? No, 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 no. Because I, he started asking me questions. and was like, then confused about the A-levels I was taking because it was at the beginning of the A-levels. And I was looking around the room and looking at the people that was in there. And I was like, they've sent the letter to the wrong Hannah. <laughs> and I've worked it out and I never asked that they had 100% sent the letter to the wrong Hannah because everyone in that room was applying to Oxford and Cambridge. Amazing. And was on in like the fast parts, fast track classes to go to Oxford and Cambridge and things like that. And I got good grades in school, but because I went to a grammar school, I was middle of the pack. Like I was just swimming along fine, came out with good grades everywhere else, but middle of the pack grades for a grammar school. And I got invited into this private breakfast with people who were on fast track for... Oxbridge who were all talking about like the extra things they were doing applying to Oxbridge they were all taking four or five A-levels while I was taking Freaks. three no some were taking six one person in them was taking seven why would you do that <laughs> and I'm then he kept coming around to me you're and he putting was... yourself through like so many years of like just insane levels of stress for what for what? So then it, he kept coming around to me and he was like, so so what are you, what are your plans? And I was like, I don't know yet. You, you know, I don't have to start applying till the end of this year. So I'm going to like figure things out, see what subjects I'm enjoying. And he was like, you really need to start having a think about that. Like, it, it's really not good enough. And it was so embarrassing. And I literally left and everyone kept staring at me. They're like, what the fuck is she doing here? And I left that room and was like, yeah, they meant to invite the really smart Hannah because there were seven Hannahs. And they accidentally sent the letter to me. <laughs> I think I would have killed myself after that. <laughs> I actually told my mum and she said, she was like, they invited the wrong Hannah, didn't they? I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> you poor thing. That's so awkward. <laughs> I love how you thought it was going to be a humble brag. <laughs> well, it sounded like it was. No, you were no. like, they invited all the smartest people, including me. <laughs> No, no. I'm sorry to Hannah. I said it was actually Hannah Smart. <laughs> who I think was the Hannah who was intended to be there. Amazing. Oh, I never got invited. The only special thing I ever got invited to was some weird like careers day thing at the correct BT Tower, not the one in London, the one in Suffolk. And I spent the entire time making eyes at a really hot boy that was there from a different school. And... Like, literally, because he was gorgeous. And I was, like, talking to another girl in the year and we like, oh, my God, he's so hot. So we were both, like, staring at him. And then towards the end of the day, he came up to me and he was like, do you want my number? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I thought you might because you keep staring at me. <laughs> and then I would have died. <laughs> yeah. Like, no word of lie. He literally was like, I thought you did because you kept staring at me. And I was like, oh. And you still are going to give it to me? Yeah. And then so... I got his number and then I texted him and after like two messages he stopped replying so we've both <laughs> lived through very embarrassing things for different reasons it's just like if he thought I was creepy he didn't have to come over and give me his number uh, I'm glad we're both 
losers. Um, yeah. I bet Hannah Smart is... I should look up on LinkedIn what she's doing because I bet she doesn't run a Harry Potter podcast from her back bedroom. <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> yeah, so Harry runs upstairs, packs, come back downstairs, Dumbledore's still in the lounge and then Dumbledore is kind of like, yo, Harry has to come back here one more time because it's his home and he has to come back here until he turns 17 when he's of age and Petunia's like, no, people turn of age at 18. Dudley... Has this ever been mentioned before? That No. Right. Are we sure? I have been trying to think about this and I thought no, but then I'm like, is it ever mentioned with Bill, Charlie, Percy, Fred or George? No. Okay, then therefore I think J.K. Rowling got to this point and went, fuck, I've given Harry a birthday at the end of the year, which means he won't turn 18 till the end of book seven. So I have to make the legal age one year lower to make my plot work. Because it's so random. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. No, none. Yeah. I think she got to it and was like, I fucked up. So you have to write this in. And like, it kind of works because wizards have the thing about the number seven, but it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. I bet if you asked her in an interview, she'd be like, oh, it's because the number seven is so magical. Uh, But no, like she just, she 100% didn't realise. And then at this point was like, ah, fuck. Because like the last two years of Hogwarts aren't optional. It's never talked about they're optional. But if they turn of age at 17, Hermione is turning of age 19 days after term starts, which means she could just walk out. She's an adult. There's nothing stopping her. Mm. But no one seems to do that. We learn once that Crab is being held back or like repeating mm. an owl. I guess like, people want like their grades. Well, yeah, because they don't go to university. So they do yeah. like need their education. It's just like they're fully fledged adults. Some of them at the beginning of sixth year, like the parties must be insane yeah it doesn't make any sense i just find it it's wizardy so dumbledore's then like i'm gonna take this opportunity to tell the dursleys off for mistreating harry which is fair that he's like you never treat him as a son and even if you weren't gonna do that you never even treat him with any respect and he he's been horribly mistreated and and then he goes for the lowest blow he can and jk rowling just really sinks into some unnecessary bullshit of saying that at least he escaped the fate that has like befallen your son and like okay if i wanted if i didn't know jk rowling the way that we do yeah i would think possibly that dumbledore is referring to the fact that dudley is a spoiled bully who has always been a spoiled bully who doesn't have any empathy is horrible to people and is also a brat. Yeah. But she's not referring to that issue. No. 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 And before anyone comes at us, this is like we're Which, saying this because of the levels of like repeated fat phobia yeah. throughout the books. Yeah. If this it wasn't hundred percent is, is referring is, to his weight. Yeah. A hundred percent. Maybe like a mix of a few things, but I feel like weight is definitely Yeah. Yeah. If like weight had not been mentioned throughout the books, I'd mm. be like, oh, it's because he's a spoiled bully. Yeah. No, no. No, it's 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 referring to his weight. It's, yeah, it, it is. It is. So yeah, Harry has to come back one more summer in time to be protected, and then and and Voldemort is like, oh, <laughs> shut, 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 shut. You're willingly shotting that. It's next to me. Otherwise, I have to stand How up. How much? Literally, like a tiny amount. Charlie, you coward. Take- Oh, that was a dribble. She had like a droplet in there. Neck the bottle. <laughs> Die. Dumbledore is explaining that Harry Who? has to... Dumbledore. Who? Is explaining that Harry has to come back to be protected because Voldemort 
wants to kill him. And for the first time, Petunia looks like flushed and like registers what he's saying. And I think this is the moment when she finally realises that Voldemort is after Harry the same way that he was after Lily. I don't think she's ever... Like, I think she knew it but she didn't actually think oh it could happen and this is the first she might have just thought that Dumbledore was being overdramatic yeah and I think that whatever happens she doesn't want him to die yeah and even if she says she hated Lily she's upset about the fact she was literally murdered yeah and she doesn't want the same fate for for Lily's son yeah and I think that's goes part way to explaining the somewhat plot hole I think is the beginning of book seven of the Dursleys leaving so easily. Like, why would they leave so easily? Yeah. They, they've got a year to kind of mull this over. And then there's this awesome final sentence when when Dumbledore is like, now we must pursue the flighty temptress into the night called adventure. Blah! Or something like that. That's the end of the chapter. It's a sort of fun, fun little one. Fun. I'm glad we're getting out of the number four privet drive so early. Like mm. one chapter and we're out. So this question is from Catherine. Yay. She wants to know, what piece of score from the series is our favourite? Or which movie in general has your favourite score? I don't know the names of any of them, but it's this yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is hard because I don't know the names. It's this one. And then it swells and then it's... And uh, that had only been used in films one and two. And it was like such a good piece in films one and two. And I went into film eight being like, I need them to use that at the end, but I don't think they're going Mm. to. And I really wasn't into score, but I just knew I wanted to use them at the end. And then it started playing in those last few moments. I just burst into tears. I was just just like, it just needed it in that moment as the train pulls away because it matches the bit where the train pulls away and Hagrid waves it. Like, it's so good. Is that the one also when he's like looking out the window watching Hedwig and I think it's... Is that the same one? I don't know. Because I think that's Hedwig's... Hang on, I'm going to play Hedwig's thing. Hedwig's theme is just... Oh, yeah, that classic one. Mine is... No, it's not. That is my least favourite one. Got me, swallow me, get this. Yeah, exactly. Which movie in general has your favourite? One of the first two, definitely. Yeah, the first two just, like... John Williams is a genius. Like, a genius. Yeah. Like, the music definitely, like, it was still good, but, like, nothing has the same impact as the first two. Yeah. Yeah. He did such a good job. I'd say eight picks it back up again. Like, like, like is almost as good. Like, they do a really good job with the battle scoring. Mm. But, yeah, no, definitely the first two. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed us singing. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons Yolanda, Wes, Samuel, Nick, Lewis, Layla, Catherine, Gillian, Becca. Ashley and Emily. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.